Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Brown, community manager here at The Dispatch and guest on Jonah's Drive Time Ruminant episodes of The Remnant, which is happening today after this little intro. I'm cutting into the intro for two reasons. One, I want to plug The Dispatch's signature in-person event this year, which is going to be November 10th through 13th in Naples, Florida. It's called the What's Next Summit. It's happening right after the election, and the point of the conference is going to talk about what's next in the GOP, in America, uh, in the world. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome event. You're not going to want to miss it. Yesterday was the last day to get the early bird discount, but that means you can still buy your ticket. Uh, there are tickets left, but there are a limited amount. So if you're on the fence and you're free November 10th through the 13th, please get your ticket. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do other uh, smaller regional events around the country. Uh, again, more details to come on all those, but seriously, you're not going to want to miss this one. Sign up on the website and I'll have Guy put that link at the top of the show notes. Uh, The other reason I'm cutting into the intro is because we actually did this pitch at the end of today's episode, but the episode was a little weird. Jonah was in a bit of a mood. Uh, Guy wasn't talking, which was probably the best part of the whole episode. But anyway, we weren't sure all of you were going to listen all the way to the end. So I wanted to jump in at the top, pitch Naples, tell all of you to buy a ticket. You will not regret it. Uh, And you've been warned about the episode. It's a little weird. Uh, Sometimes funny, sometimes weird. Let me know what you think. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh... can I please have your attention? Greetings, dear listeners. This is Jonah Goldberg, host of the Remnant Podcast, brought to you by the Dispatch and Dispatch Media. I am back in the meat space of the live Dispatch Studio at Dispatch World Headquarters in downtown DC. We're still working on the satellite office on the Aegean, um, <laughs> and I'm here doing a mid-month drive time episode uh, because uh, calendar has conspired against us, and we were overdue. So I have here in the studio, uh, Ryan Brown. Ryan, you are now, I keep asking you for your official title now. It's community. (laughs) Community manager. Community manager. manager. Okay. We can stick with utility player though. Yeah, I like utility player. And then um, we have uh, my researcher, research assistant from the American Enterprise Institute, Guy Denton. I remember you, Jonah. Hello. It's good to see you. (laughs) Uh, That's about as profound. Don't lie to him. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to say it's sort of pro forma. Um, you know, I don't actually ask God to bless him every time he sneezes either. Um, and uh, sitting away from a mic, but we'll maybe remedy that, is our our our, our criminally um, neglected intern. And I take all the I sincerely take all the blame for that, um, Dave David Gusto. Yeah. Gusto? Gusto is that name? No, without the O. Yeah. Gus. Oh. Gusto. I, I, I no, I no. It's I, Gusto every time now. I see it, I no, say no. Gusto. No, it's, it's like, Gusto. There's, it's like there's it's like no it's like Lyman. You know, Lyman Stone. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh-huh. His Twitter handle is Lyman Stone KY for Kentucky or something uh-huh. like that. And I, all I can ever say is Lyman Stone Key. <laughs> um, so there you go. I love it. It's really just Gust, huh? Wow. I just, no, no, Gusto. It's got to be Gusto. Yeah. You're, I love that. I, in fact, you should just drop the David and go by Gusto. Yeah. That, absolutely. Right. Um, and uh, I have a similar problem with the. It's similar in, in the fact that it's not at all similar. But uh, Guy is the only guy. Is I only know two guys, so to speak. Capital G guys. Right. I know a lot of lowercase <laughs> guys. Um <laughs> And every now and then, I just did it this morning, I got an uh, email to one of my other email accounts, my old Jonah NRO account, about a book. And so I forwarded it and said, why don't you see if you can pick up a review copy of this? Yeah. And of course, I sent it to Guy Benson um, <laughs> of, of 
Fox News <laughs> and whatever, and he'll think that's weird, you know. <laughs> no, hey, how you Did doing? Uh, no, I canceled it just in time. Oh, nice. But so, nice. um, but I've I've done that like three or four times. So that's fine. Anyway, we are here, and uh, mm-hmm. um, we should say uh, we said it on other podcasts. We said it in other ways. But congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, Ryan is engaged. I am. Yep. How'd you pop the question? So we were on a two week road trip to the Midwest, which I want to talk about road trips. Um, and, and sleeping bear dunes, national lakeshore, uh, all of her sisters were up there. It was a, a kind of hijacked the Mueller family trip. <laughs> she, she, uh, name's Ariel Mueller. Um, lovely lady. And, uh, <laughs> good to know whether that's true or not. I would certainly hope you would think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm biased, but yeah. Um, and, uh, so we were up there in Traverse city with her whole, her dad's one of 11 kids. Nice. Yeah. And so and Traverse City is cool. Oh, it's amazing. And so we were really lucky. We went to the Pierce Stocking Scenic Drive on the lakeshore. Don't know it, but okay. It's it's awesome. Um, and her and she's one of four sisters. She's the oldest of four sisters. And they're never really all together. One lives in Montana and then Minnesota and one lives in DC. Her sister and roommate, Ellie, who is actually super instrumental in making the proposal stuff happen. So special shout out to Ellie. They were gonna go get sister pictures, quote unquote, on the on the dunes. So everybody got dressed up, looking good. She did not want to go, actually. She was like, I don't want to go out get pictures. Like, let's just relax. And uh, But we got her out there. They all, all of them were there, her mom. And they forgot the camera in the car, again, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So they all left. We kept walking. They were really hiding behind the dunes. And then got on one knee, said stuff I don't remember. I blacked out. I don't know if, do you remember what you said when you proposed? It's complicated, but yeah, okay, I, okay, I, I screwed okay. up my proposal. Okay, gotcha. Please, please, please. <laughs> uh, and anyway, she said yes, and we had champagne on the beach, and it was awesome. There are so, 700 pictures taken. That's like the old Robin, I think it was Robin Williams joke about how uh, a busload of Japanese tourists broke down in front of a bank as it was being robbed, and <laughs> 12,000 pictures were taken of the incident. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it may, it's funnier in the 1980s when everyone associated Japanese tourists with picture taking. But um, uh. you, um, how, so what was your confidence level of a yes? Because that is a <laughs> that is a huge, huge put yourself out there moment. Well, it's a long walk back to the car <laughs> yeah, with yes, the entire is. family. Yes, if you yes. get a let's talk about it. <laughs> you know? It was pretty high. So it's funny you say that because I hadn't. So her family lives in Minnesota. So I hadn't talked to her dad. I met him once before. Mm-hmm. We've only been dating seven months, um, which is not quite David and Nancy French level mm-hmm. terms mm-hmm. of engagement. There were three months. But uh, so I talked to her dad that morning and said, hey, I'd like, I'd like your blessing to, mm-hmm. to marry your daughter. And I, that was harder than asking her, mm-hmm. asking her dad. I had to text Because he's dad. like polishing his clock <laughs> yeah, while you're exactly, talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the dad of four daughters and she's the oldest like that was that's a he was ready for it but i had to text my dad and be like this is this is harder than asking (laughs) ariel and he was like yeah because in a way you know she's gonna say yes but you have no idea what he's gonna say yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so luckily he didn't he didn't give it right away he asked some questions and wanted to make sure some things but gave the blessing so when i asked her it was it was pretty high Uh yeah so did you have intel or was it just sort of like we talked about it i think at that point in a relationship, if you're gonna, if you have the ring, you should probably know the answer that, she, that she's I think that's right. Give. Uh, but we talked about it a lot. Um, she knew it was coming, just not in that moment. So, um, we'll get to this point in a second. But for listeners out there, um, guy is on the market for anybody who will give him citizenship. <laughs> uh, and um, so like the, the standards for the proposal are much lower. So if you only have one eye, you'll still <laughs> if, if you spend your days tapping Indagata DeVita on your glass eye with a ballpoint pen, you're still in the running. Um, but uh, oh, so I, like, I got to be careful about this because you are, you're, you're still very close to the act to the to the moment right like <laughs> yeah right. i can speak freely about some of these things because <laughs> okay. it's like like my wife knows i'm in for the long haul yeah We've yeah been yeah. married 20 years right so um but like 
how pissed were you about the buying of the engagement ring process? Not not giving her an engagement ring. That's yeah, a different, right, 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 right. But the, just the economic idiocy of taking a huge chunk of your net worth and putting yeah. it on something that you can never sell and it never was, get any return yeah, on, right? Yeah. It was it was close to all of my net worth, <laughs> frankly, growing up in the journalism world. Uh, it, so it's changed a bit, luckily. Um, the the lab-grown stuff is, is huge now. Uh-huh. A lot of people, you, you get those. So I went to Brilliant Earth and got one of those. But it's, yeah, it's a huge chunk. The 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 stuff we could have done with the money I spent yeah, yeah, yeah. on an engagement ring is, I don't even want to think about it. Because it is it is a little infuriating. I have but a fr- it's nice too. I have a very good friend who listens to this podcast who um used to be like, I would gladly give my wife <laughs> or my fiance, right? He's, yeah. he's been married for about twenty years too. Yeah. I would gladly give her the equivalent amount in De Beers stock. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, right. Because, for sure. Yeah. For um, sure. And the weird thing about the lab grown stuff, not to get into weird Veblen commodity market commentary, but uh Let's do it. Is that diamonds are not in fact scarce. No. Right? So uh-huh. it's it's a total BS manufactured yeah. scarcity yeah. thing. Yeah. And um the inability of the diamond industry to hold off the the yeah. lab grown yeah. um is kind of weird. So guy, um make your best case to where you know to the lucky lady or whatever <laughs> who uh who holds out that precious sweet green card for you <laughs> yeah pitch yourself thanks jonah <laughs> marry me and come on as many kiss cruises as you want <laughs> i'll be a new kiss trip every weekend um uh and that's k that's the capital k yeah that's quite right the other the other the other kind of kiss is negotiable um uh, yeah. you know, after the paperwork is signed. But um, for listeners who don't know, uh, right before we started recording, Guy was telling me that there is now, Guy, Some last time we were here, Guy regaled us with his um, experience of going to a um, a KISS convention, um, <laughs> which of course, you know, it's what all the cool millennials do. And, Gen uh, Z, Jonah. Um, is it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, anyway, he told me right before we started that there's actually also a kiss cruise. Um, and he want, I was like, are you going to go? And he's like, can I have the time off? And I said, we'll talk about it. So, <laughs> Oh, where does it, is it a Caribbean cruise? Uh, it goes from, I think it, it's changed each year for the last 10 years. This one goes from LA to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I've been on a lot of cruises. I can imagine. Yeah. So um, I've never been on a cruise. Um, if you're interested, we can talk, okay. but, uh, <laughs> like there are, I have a lot of fond memories of the National Review cruises, you know. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I mean, we used to joke that I we worked for a um, right wing cruise company that put out a magazine <laughs> yeah, on the side, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, um, but like I could go the rest of my life <laughs> not going to some of those ports in the Caribbean. There yeah. are parts of the Caribbean that are nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. Where the big giant cruise ships go, yeah. Um, if you know, it's like every single port. It's the same kind of shops, and I would make the same kind of jokes because I'm that kind of dad. <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, this is where I buy all my duty free loose gems. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's that kind of thing. Um, nice. So, what was the road trip? We did uh, D.C. to Chicago, to Madison, Wisconsin, for a wedding. Back to Chicago, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Traverse City. Back to Grand Rapids, Howell, Michigan, Pittsburgh, back to uh, D.C. Nice. So we did, hold on. I took a picture of how many miles we did. Yeah, 2,810.7 miles. Nice. That's basically cross-country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a lot of driving, I think, but it was fun. I think cross-country is just shy of 3,000. Is it? Depending on the route, obviously. I wanted to get to three, but there, there was just no... No option, and also gas is so expensive. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't yeah. justify two hundred more miles. Um, so if you had to, I'd, I've done road trips growing up, so I kind of knew what we were getting getting into. But if you had to give advice to someone that had never gone longer than five hours in a car, mm-hmm. what would you, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, like what, like what kind of trip to do, or like what kind of strategy to take? Strategy in the car driving strategy. Yeah. So I'm. And opinions differ in the Goldberg household. 
But um, um, I am a, I'm a fan of the... We mastered this technique when my daughter was a baby um, mm -hmm. because we were sort of slaves to her sleeping schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, where we would um, get up crazy early. Mm -hmm. And that way, like what... First of all, if you're going to go on any road trip, unless you have a specific plan about back roads on the eastern seaboard yeah, yeah. or New England stuff, and right. some of those drives are really pretty, if you're going to be on interstates most of the time, get west of the Mississippi as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, get to Chicago. Chicago should be the beginning of your actual road trip. <laughs> yeah. Chicago is, and you should just get to Chicago as fast as possible because unless you're planning on weird detours in Ohio or Pennsylvania yeah. or whatever, that's, yeah. it just, it's, the, the interstates are ugly. Yeah. Right. And then once you get west of, of, of the Mississippi, the interstate, the, the views, even in farm country are, are, yeah. are pretty or yeah. at least yeah, in yeah, interesting. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you can still go road blind and like right. Nebraska and right. Kansas and that kind of thing. And, um, Pennsylvania can be nice, but through the mountains. Pennsylvania's yeah. beautiful. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Like, like, uh, that's true. Like you know the what Pennsylvania weird... through a, or whatever, yeah. you know what? or whatever. I weirdly called. love Pennsylvania's Breezewood. I love Breezewood too. Breezewood is awesome. If anyone hasn't been to Breezewood, it's just like, it's honestly like a road trip mecca. Like it's got everything you need. You got it. It's an interchange also, but there's a, I love breeze. There, well, there, you, should, you should Google it. There's a long running debate on the interweb yeah. about whether Breezewood is terrible, a terrible reflection on America or um, <laughs> yeah. a wonderful. I'm pro Breezewood. I am very pro Breezewood. Um, there's a whole logistics story about where it is and why it's like that. Yeah. And, and the way I always describe it, like, if you went through my Twitter feed, basically every time I've come back cross country, I almost always have that gif of the kid on top of the flying moth or whatever it is um, from Never Ending Story. Okay. Um, because when you see Breezewood, you know you're home. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, the way I sometimes ex explain to people is like supply closets are ugly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. there's because they're utilitarian things. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what was it? Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien had this really interesting view of technology is like he liked factories, but he liked them because they concentrated all the technology in one place and he wanted them out of sight. Yeah. And by Breezewood being Breezewood, the rest of Pennsylvania is much prettier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, but the reason you get up early in the morning is yeah. that you can you can crush 200, 300 miles very early in the morning with very little traffic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then if you're if you think of a long day as I, I generally think a long a long road trip day is is a five to six hundred mile day. Okay. Sometimes you can go a little more. Yeah. Um, we've we we broke a thousand once. Um, oh, wow. Or more ones actually, but anyway, the um, but the advantage of doing that is like you kind of own the day now. Yeah. You can stop for lunch someplace without right. feeling like, oh my god, we're going to get in after dark. Right. Um. You stop. You know. You drive for three hundred miles. You've a, a full tank of gas from the night before. Um. You load up. You get breakfast. You get coffee. It's sunrise. Every place is pretty at sunrise. Yeah. And yeah. then um. By the time you get somewhere for lunch, you broke the back of the day and you can say, okay, do we want to do this side thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when you show up at your final destination, it's still time that you can get dinner yeah. before the restaurants close. You can yep. get a drink. Um, yep. You know, you can you can rock out to kiss. Let's, you know, I'm sure <laughs> that's the way a guy would do it. And um, um, But like I would say if you had to pick one state where you should road trip hardcore, I mean, Michigan. Look, Michigan is great, and I and I don't know Northern yeah. Michigan as well as I'd like. I've been there a couple times, but uh, it was fairly sur fairly surgical. I have been to Traverse City, which is awesome. Um, yeah. But um, I would argue that Utah is the most mm. interesting geological or geographic state mm. in the country. It's wow. just got more different weird. If you like natural beauty stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, which is sort of part of the point of road right. trips. So yeah, for sure. Um, Nice. Guy, how much of this country have you actually seen? Um, yeah, I know is been any of this York. making sense to you? Uh, <laughs> you've been to Tennessee. I had Nashville, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, Boston and around New Hampshire the other day, which was fun. Uh -huh. um, 
sure there's one or two other places that I'm now forgetting. But what's, what's the longest time you've spent in a car? Because, I mean, road trips, I mean, you can get across Great Britain pretty. Also, you, you wouldn't road trip in the UK. You'd take a train. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, you do an exciting three-hour road trip <laughs> to get, get from the bottom of the country to Scotland. Um, I did five or six hours, maybe okay. once, going from going from England onto a ferry into Belgium, then through Belgium to get mm -hmm. to a town we were okay. going to. But that's probably the... In a single stretch, that'd be yeah, the yeah. longest time. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Did the victim make any noise from the trunk? No, uh, <laughs> only only when we were only when we were underwater, and thankfully in the cage, no one could hear it. <laughs> Tough transfer, I would imagine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they check for fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. but not for live human being. <laughs> uh, so, are you guys excited about the the? Oh, I gotta read you the best. I read this on Glop yesterday, but this is oh boy, um, this is just the bee's knees. Um, this is a this is a real headline um, from a part of the MSN network. Um, homophobic telescope reveals first high res images of deep space. It's <laughs> not a parody. Uh, apparently, James Webb in the fifties or sixties uh, was not kind to the gays at NASA. Wow. And um, um, so the telescope is, and so yeah, by the transitive property, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the 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 home of the telescope is now homophobic. Oh and my gosh. I texted uh, I, th I texted Charlie Cook, and I was like, I really hope the last thing the telescope sees is a gay asteroid barreling towards <laughs> Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I, anyway, um, that's crazy. Um, but I was listening to. Uh, the Daily, you know, the New York Times thing. Uh -huh. And fortunately, uh, Barbero wasn't on it because he annoys me so much. <laughs> um, How has he had such a successful podcast with the way he speaks? I don't know. It just, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's the way weird. Uh, he talks. Yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, get a laxative and don't record a <laughs> podcast in the bathroom. It's just, it just drives me crazy and I can't get the image out of my head. It's like just sitting there on the can talking to like, you know, their political reporters. So do you think the uh, January 6th committee, and, I just, and it, like, you expect to hear like splashes and flushes yeah. in the background. It drives me crazy and I can't get it out of my head. So like I'm always psyched when they have some substitute yeah. on. I, I genuinely think they pre-record him just going, mm, yeah, and just put it in random places, sort of like, like audio punctuation yeah, marks, yeah, placeholders, exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, mm. So, um, <laughs> I what's it with that visual? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I did not like you guys are too young to remember, but I remember when they launched the Hubble telescope, and wow, it was funny. I was telling my wife about this morning. There was. Um, Everyone was, it was like a real emperor's has no clothes moment mm -hmm. because the first pictures come back and all the right people are, ooh, ah, look how amazing yeah. these things are. And I remember my dad, he looks at it and he says, this is nothing. This, these are like blurry pieces of light. They mean nothing. Um, this is embarrassing. This can't be whatever. And it turned out like a week later or whatever, they announced that the lens was screwed up. <laughs> and that that's why they were fuzzy, right? Yeah, yeah. And like and the, the real pictures from Hubble are awesome, yeah, right? And yeah. um but what I didn't know until I listened to the daily thing was like I remember the lens being messed up and all that, mm -hmm. but like apparently the problem with the lens on the Hubble is that it was the mirror, right, which apparently is the big thing in a telescope. And um 8 foot wide mirror that was had the was the curve of which was two microns off <laughs> now a micron so a sheet of paper is a hundred microns thick oh wow so like the idea what? like can you just imagine like damn it <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. close and yeah, you're the mirror guy you're like shoot <laughs> yeah, um, and uh you know they don't and there's a reason why they they say 
close only counts and horseshoes and hand grenades and not space telescopes, right? Because <laughs> like two microns off and you're screwed. Anyway, wow. so they gave it some like corrective vision kind of thing. But the reason this is relevant is that with the Webb telescope, it has to be so cold where it's going to set up that oh. it can't, um, they had to send it really far away, you know, mm -hmm. like to this total like backwater of the solar system a million miles away. Jeez. And like there's a tennis court size sun shield visor thing that they put up to block the sunlight so it never gets warm because it looks for infrared stuff. Yeah. And the problem with sending it that far away is if you get anything wrong, you can't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can't send anything right. out there. You can't right. do anything. And um, it's pretty wild. I mean, wow. I just think that stuff is really cool. No, that so. is that is crazy. Um, should we talk about, is there something going on in, in politics that is worth talking about? Cause I, I can hear people groaning out there <laughs> about how we haven't actually had an interesting conversation yet. Um, well, do you think Trump will announce before the midterms or after the midterm? Oh, forget whether I, mean, I have no idea. Uh, but <laughs> cool. that reminds me, conversation you, had, no, no, no. Did you, did you see Ari Fleischer's tweet this morning? Oh, I did. Yeah. Freaking Ari Fleischer. Let me read this to you. Poor bastards out there. Um, <laughs> he tweeted two hours ago, if Trump runs, the smart move is for him to declare on 1623. Yeah. The one year anniversary of the riot at the Capitol will be about him anyway. So he might as well seize the day and make it his. <laughs> Declaring prior to November would be a big mistake. Now, <laughs> this jackwad, first of all, like, like, if you're going to go out there with your galaxy brain crap, <laughs> yeah. do the math. This yeah. would be the two-year anniversary <laughs> of, of January 6th, true. right? That's true. Um, and, uh, like, I, 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 I criticized them on Twitter, and, you know, my mm -hmm. sort of point was, like, unless this is some, like, super clever um, way to sort of convince Trump not to declare before yeah. the midterms, yeah, yeah. right, or something right. like that, or... Right a way to give him just really spectacularly bad advice right. so like he beclowns himself further. Right. Um, neither of which I think is what's going through Fleischer's head. Yeah. Um, then it's, it's a really grotesque yeah. piece of bad advice. The thing is, like, I'm sure that conversation is happening behind closed doors in the Trump campaign. But like, why would he tweet that? Like, why? What good is it in his career to put that out there publicly? I well, I, so I, I, I'm... Do you know who Ari Fleischer is? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, that's a that's a no. That was a. Um, that sounds. That was the kind of yes you're gonna get from the the chick right on the bubble. I knew you were gonna go there. Do this green card thing. You know, it's like when you put the last hundred dollar bill down on the table. Yes. Will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the, the yes I got when I proposed. Yeah, sweet. I guess so. Yeah. Only because my sisters and mom are watching and I can't say no. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You can take my car. <laughs> so, um, R. Fleischer was uh, um, a veteran of the Liddy Dole presidential campaign. Right. Um, jumped ship to the Bush campaign when that imploded. And was the first White House press secretary for for George W. Bush, and um, and so like I do not think he is like I was saying. It's weird. It's just a weird coincidence. I was sending my wife just the other night that because I saw him on special reporter someplace. Of all of the Bush veterans who essentially sold out to Trumpism, he probably annoys me the most mm -hmm. because he was the most. I don't know if unctuous is the right word, but, uh, you know, there's a part about compassionate conservatism yeah, yeah. that was annoying, right? Okay. I mean, I, yeah. I was a big critic of it at the time. Um, and the whole bushy, like, I, I think George W. Bush is an honorable and decent man and all that kind of stuff. But, right. like, the, the bushy crowd really thought they were super cool mm -hmm. and, um, and they did not keep it secret. And they behaved, <laughs> and they... Um, were the worst type of cool. They were really, really, um, uh, you know, sort of aggressive and 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 running a tight ship, and everybody was on the same page. And there was a certain amount of sanctimony to the mm -hmm. whole, you know, Ari Fleischer shtick about how he was. They were always disappointed in people yeah. who didn't, you know, put country first or didn't, you know, who questioned motives and all this kind of stuff. 
And so for him to come out and just be, he's not, he's not a super Trumper, mm-hmm. but he is a complete Trump sort of essentially apologist in the sense yeah. that he only talks about him in the, in the context of as if Trump is just a normal politician. Yeah. Right. right? And, right. and he gives his advice as if he's a normal politician. And, and then there's the fact that oh, he's, you know, a Jewish guy who's like the chief flack for that Saudi Arabian golf league. And <laughs> oh, is um, he really? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, that's annoying. So he's just, so uh, I didn't he, know that. He, he, wow. He bothers me in a sort of sellout kind of way more yeah. than a lot of the other people do. But it's yeah. like, it would be just really, really bad advice to like have, you know, have everybody, because first of all, Trump would not be able to contain, control, control himself. Yeah. He would say, he would spin January 6th in some way that was either a disingenuous lie mm-hmm. or he would say the quiet part out loud, yeah. you know, and talk about, you know, come my comrades, let us seize um, the radio stations kind of thing or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and either way, it would be a just a grotesque affront. And the only way you could think that's a good idea is if you think, January 6th was just another day, right. just another political, you know, problem right. that you can spin. And right. that's what a lot of those spin guys are. Is the, yeah. the, the, some of the most cynical people in politics are the ones who um, just think everything is about finding the right bumper sticker or the right manipulated yeah. words. Yeah. I, I hate that crap. And and it's just leaning into January 6th is just really bad advice. <laughs> Having just yeah. been in the Midwest and stuff. It's. I think it's actually permeating a little more than than we might think here in D.C. Like my mom is up in like she's she's never been a Trump fan ever, but she was she was hooked to the hearings and talking about it a lot. I think it's actually having an effect on people. See, there you go again. You keep giving shout outs to your mom. <laughs> I gave it, my dad. My dad got the uh, shout out earlier in the in case. Oh, that's story. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for the advice. Hi, Mr. Brown. Love you. Um. Um. <laughs> I told this story on here before about, because you guys were trying, before we started recording, um, we're talking about how like people at AI listen to this and your family members listen to this. I can't remember if I talked about this on air, but like I used to make all of these totally untrue, entirely fictitious jokes about how Jack Butler, you know, was my gimp and that he wore a leather onesie (laughs) and he had a ball gag and I would let him out of the box (laughs) to do the podcast and it, and sometimes that even got excessive. And um, uh, sometimes. And uh, when someone made a Twitter account called Jack Butler's Bull Gag, <laughs> that may have been when the line was crossed. Is that real? Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. And uh, totally unfair to Jack. And then, um, uh, but, you know, Jack, Jack had the right, you know, attitude and a good sense of humor about this stuff. But then I get yeah. this really apologetic email from him. Saying, look, I, I'm grateful for the job, I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fine with you making fun of me and all this kind of stuff. But my mom and my grandma were listening and they did oh. not think that the <laughs> S&M jokes about me were very funny. And I'm wondering if we can cut that out. Oh, and man. I'm like, yes, Jack, that is a reasonable <laughs> request. We don't need to go to HR. Uh, oh, man. For sure. <laughs> we will stop doing that. So uh, Poor grandmother. Um, That's funny. You guys, you guys don't know who, I mean, you know, because you helped me book the thing, but, um, was Mickey Cowse on your radars at all? Do you know who Mickey Cowse is, was? Vaguely. That shows you how old I am. So Mickey Cowse was a writer for, he's a good deal older than me. Um, but he was a writer for the Washington Monthly for, um, you know, more. I, I got to know him in the New Republic back when the New Republic was a great magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote a book in the early '90s called "The End of Inequality." Then he became a columnist for Slate. Brilliant guy. Anyway, mm-hmm. I did this. I used to do this thing for this other guy, a former New Republic writer, um, Robert Wright, and called Blogging Heads, which is from nice about twenty years ago. And it was like the first kind of podcasting and yeah. it was a video thing. And I used to debate Peter Beinart all the time. And then I would do, I, you know, I even did one or two with like Matt Iglesias and I did it with all these other people. And it was a way, the idea was this really kumbaya-y, thumbsucky thing about like getting people of different ideological perspectives to mm-hmm. 
to have bridge building conversations and all that kind of stuff. And it was good. It was fun. And I'm got, I got a lot out of it. Anyway, I bring it up just because Mickey and Bob had me on this thing because the official name blogging heads is going away and, mm. and Bob Wright is turning it all to something called non-zero, which is a, partly a reference to a book he wrote. Mm. And it was a really weird conversation. Um, <laughs> this is recently. Yeah. We recorded it two days ago. It was like Wednesday yeah. and, um, okay. It goes up, I don't know, in the next week or two. Um, it's probably unfair to talk about it before people have a chance to listen to it. <laughs> but um, there was just, you know, so there was just, I, I was doing the whole, we were talking about what's changed in the last 20 years and yada, 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 and, you know, and I was doing part of my Yuval Levin shtick about sure. institutions, platforms versus molding character, yada, yada, yada. Sure. I was a little surprised that Robert Wright didn't know that stuff. And, um, mm -hmm. Um, and, and I was saying, how oh, this is just sort of problem in the cultures that, you know, from journalism through wherever people are using their institutions as sort of platforms to promote themselves rather than doing what is best for the institution. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, anyway, you guys right. have all heard me say this yeah. stuff a million times. It's like 18 bingo card things. Right? Yeah. And then, um, towards the end of it, Mickey, who's always been a character, um, says, look, I got to tell you, and I'm just sort of paraphrasing, but like, I got to tell you, like for years, I always did what was good for the organization. I was a team guy. I helped this magazine. I helped that magazine. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think I was a sucker. <laughs> and then he just starts going on about like how, um, like whenever I read an obituary of like some guy who was, uh, beloved member of the history department for 30 years. Um, and he made so many contributions. Um, I think that guy's a sucker. Oh I think, it's, and it was just weird and huh. dark and yeah. like, and it changed from what my point was, which is about the sort of collective action problem we have in the culture yeah. and in journalism and politics and all that kind of stuff. You know, AOC and Ted Cruz don't, you know, they just use their parties as platforms right. blah, 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 to like, the meaning of life <laughs> and it got weird and i had huh. to and everything was very collegial but i had to say you know you know, Ro, uh, you know mickey i just think that's nuts you know <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. that's really sad yeah. and 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 he just kept tripling down on it and bob came to my aid and and it became huh. like this thing where like it became this talk this argument about like you know the shorthand for this which i've talked about here before is um resume versus eulogy right like right and um and he was like all in on resume yeah and like screw eulogy yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I appreciate the honesty but yeah, anyway yeah. I, I was kind of it was kind of i was kind of shaken by it um yeah. but anyway That's i've done a really going. good job of selling this thing I mean, <laughs> yeah the other thing is that they just want to talk endlessly about friggin' Substack, which i just didn't want to talk about but um, well that kind of make like the Substack culture is to do your own thing we're, we're we are an outlier in substack right like we are an yes. institution we're still in substack but most people are just individuals they leave their big institutions go to substack right. write their own thing make a ton of money doing it so yeah that's how i segue well some people make a ton of money yeah, yeah, I yeah mean, most yeah, people yeah, don't yeah that's how i segue that's how I, the topic came up in the first place is that you know it's my point is is that, that you know when you guys were in high school or whatever grade school wombs uh <laughs> blogging was um you know, all the rage and, and blogging, yeah. I think was superior to the, the blogging era is superior to the era, the Twitter era mm -hmm. in all sorts of ways. Um, and Mickey was one of the first really big bloggers yeah. and he was inspired in part by the Goldberg file. Okay. Um, and I, we got into this conversation about the begats because like first there was uh, the Goldberg file and then there was cows files and then there was Andrew Sullivan's, um, daily dish, which was inspired yeah. by Mickey's thing. And yeah. so, um, you know, I'm a founding father of the blogging era, which is <laughs> now a dead civilization. But um, I was saying how Substack is very reminiscent of the blogging era, mm -hmm. era in that it's um, it really works for a bunch of established writers with established followings. So, yeah. um, and you look at the people who are most successful, you know, on Substack, and it's and it's it's people from the blogging yeah. era for the most yeah. part. It's me, Matt Iglesias, Andrew right. Sullivan. Yeah. Um, you know, David French. Um, I, I'm sure there's some other people who I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't study the Substack newsletter stats, but yeah. Um, and and then, of course, because they have Substacks, they were like, "Tell us about 
you know, why yeah. are you leaving Substack? Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it became like really tiresome. But yeah. Um, yeah. so fast forward through that part Should of Bubble the conversation. Appreciate this really kind plug. <laughs> Super tiresome. Hey, people will listen. <laughs> people will listen. He can be really snarky towards me, and I don't think he hears it. So I, I feel I feel no uh, no regret about this. Um, um, he always brings up the name of my first book as a way to sort of uh, dog whistle mock me and, and assure that his audience mm. that he's he knows who I really am kind of thing. So like <laughs> that's annoying. Um, um, but no, I, I like Bob. But yeah. um, but Mickey's Mickey's just a dark <laughs> figure these days, and it's really weird. And um, um, but he was always huh. sort of an odd duck. So yeah. um, you're watching anything interesting? Terminalist, baby. All right. So do you like the ter- you like the Terminalist? I I have mixed feelings. I I was addicted to it. Like I could not stop thinking about it when I wasn't watching it because uh-huh. I just thought it was really interesting. I, I don't think I'm a big fan of the main character. I don't know. It's it's really it's a it's a challenging show to watch, but I I did like it. Okay, for people who don't know, it's a it's Chris Pratt as this yeah. Navy SEAL who. What's his name? James Pierce, I think. Reese, Reese, yeah. James Reese. The character's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's kind of um, the author is it's it's fr- based on a novel that is sort of a somewhat sort of MAGA adjacent, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Navy SEAL wrote it. There's a real tell when Katie Pavlich plays a yes. news anchor. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I like Katie personally, yeah. but like it was just like that's that's yeah. a, that's a signal. Yeah. Um, have you watched this thing? No. No. Um, no. No. Uh, so I agree with you. I can't. I, 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 my wife and I like watching it. And yeah, all that kind of yeah. Stuff. There is some really awful writing in there. I would argue. <laughs> and um, yeah. But the thing that annoys me the most is, um, and I don't think I'm ruining anything for anybody. You know, he's got a daughter in this that shows up in flashbacks all the time. Yeah. And he carries around. All right, so uh, this is a very small spoiler. It comes up in the first or second episode. It's not integral to anything. But the Terminalist is people he's going to kill, yep. right? And yep. uh, for, for righteous vengeance, yada, right. yada. And he keeps the Terminalist on the back yeah. of a drawing that his daughter did, yeah. right? And the, Of this family. It's yeah, like, of their family. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, and the thing is, the daughter in this thing is played by an actress who looks like she's like 12 or 13 and they all keep talking about the drawing as if it's like incredibly well done. And like his friend is like, um, you know, man, she was a real talent and all this kind of. It's the crappiest friggin' drawing that I would have told my daughter when she was five. Why don't you try again? Right? I mean, it's like basically glorified stick figures. And it's like this 12 or 13 year old girl is like drawing with crayons. That's so and true. It's, it's, yeah. It's like, who, whose niece is this actress <laughs> yeah. that they cast her in this role way too yeah. old? Yeah. Um, I didn't think about that right away, but you're totally right. Um, so like, uh, where did I talk about this? I guess I talked about it. Did I write about this or did I talk about the, the, well, the, the, the AOC character in, um, in the boys, yeah, no, I, that's what I was just. Yeah, I think you did it on a solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and it turns out, like according to the Wikipedia or the fandom pages, I was wrong. But I think, what were you wrong about? So, like, so the thing that just what like I was just trying to demonstrate, like, like remember when we talked last time I was here about how I obsessed too much about weird pharmaceutical commercials? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, and I yes. I own that. That's my yes. weirdness. It's yes. like. That's, you know, that's sort of like uh, guys fondness for kiss. It's just like, m- <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. my idiosyncrasy. Fine. Yeah. But um, uh, I really hate it when movies get stupid little details. Yep. I was with you. Wrong. And um, and so like in the American president where the where Michael where where um, what is it? Michael Douglas. Yeah. 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 Says. uh you know, at the at that stem wind era of a you know climactic speech, and that's why we're going to introduce White House Resolution Number One. I was like, <laughs> Did yeah. you read the Constitution? Yeah. Did you see Schoolhouse Rock? There is no such thing, yeah, right? You know, like yeah. the White House doesn't yeah. do that, and yeah. that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. And there was this thing in the boys where like the um this character who's supposed to be a member of Congress yeah. was then the head of an executive right. branch agency. Right. Right. And they never said that she resigned from Congress. At least I missed it. And that, 
that bothered me more than the dude who could shrink so small he'd go into another dude's rectum <laughs> yeah, exactly. or like yes. the laser vision no, or the flying. You. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's those things that bother me. Yeah. You know, um, no, I'm with you. Um, did you like the boys? Did you finish the boys? I'd finish the boys. I think I've talked about this before. You ever seen the movie, the TV series Banshee? No. Okay. So there are certain shows that even if intellectually I disapprove of greatly. Yeah. The 12 year old Jonah homunculus right, inside right, my right. head yep. says, this is awesome. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, exactly. and so the boys, there are all sorts of grotesque problems with the boys, but yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So it's just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you don't watch that either? Nope. Yeah. Is, yeah. Your, is your mic on? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't watch much. TV. I, I like movies. I, I don't watch TV shows anymore. It says the guy who wrote 8,000 words. Well, this is, well, this is, <laughs> I used to watch TV, but like in like, I guess 2015-ish, I stopped. I haven't. The last show I really loved was Mad Men. It's, okay. it's been a, a long time. Um, I watch movies all the time. but yeah. And so, so you just... You just put on that sweet LP of Kiss and sit back and <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah, just sit back. What, what, what are you reading? You don't drink. Are you don't you watch TV. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's another question. Pitch yourself, <laughs> guy. Um, yeah, justify your existence, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for being card somehow. Jody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big thing. Come He's on. He's very tall, ladies. He's very tall. He's tall. Yeah. He could be a. He could be like in the back row of a Harry Potter scene. Um, and uh, <laughs> the choir, right? <laughs> um, no, it's like I mean, I, I get that to a certain extent. I mean, like I, in the night after college, when I was sort of in a rush to sort of get my life going, I gave up on a whole bunch of things that were just not like I was never a huge sports guy, mm -hmm. but I just basically was like, if I stay even remotely like locked into football, yeah, the amount of time you can spend watching football, trust me, is staggering. Yep, you know, I mean, yep. you're like you could build a grandfather clock in your garage <laughs> every year <laughs> for the time that people spend watching every football. Year. Yeah, um, and so I, I, you know, I, I cut out a lot of that kind of stuff, but like, I, 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 I couldn't let go of TV entirely. That's just, it's just, I, I yeah. couldn't do it. So. Yeah. Sometimes I struggle with how much TV I actually watch. But then I'm like, oh, but it, other people watch it too, so I relate to other people. It's Yeah, I mean, I, I'm more pro-streaming than than Pod and Rob are. They think it's, like, awful that they we had this long conversation on Glop yesterday about how they hate the feeling, like it's homework, like you have to catch up, oh, that kind of thing. And it all sparked true. because I had said, you guys can't give me spoilers about the boys. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. And, whatever and I'm, I'm behind and we start about yeah. that, that feeling of being behind but what i like about it is, is like you can actually you know like you guys have no memory of like when the next episode of happy days comes yeah. out if you were not at home yeah. Yeah. by 8 p.m on thursday night you'll miss it yeah like that's yeah. just it yeah. like it's yeah. like we didn't even have vhs's until right. you know right. you know i was i don't know 10 or 12 or 13 or something like that and so like basically you had to wait until summer reruns yeah to catch uh some of your favorite shows and um and that's just I barbaric not just imagine. be a surf yeah. um <laughs> i was listening to an interesting podcast yesterday um the smartless podcast have you listened to that one heard of it i don't it's um will arnett jason bateman and sean hayes oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah hollywood yeah, yeah. Guy. yeah yeah and they had ted sarandos on that Netflix chief mm -hmm. and he was talking about that like how Netflix literally changed the way we all watch television yeah. it was really interesting um because he grew up watching TV and if you missed it you missed it yeah. there's no other option so I literally can't imagine that that's makes me sound I think literally you can imagine <laughs> it uh, I figuratively <laughs> have a hard time thinking about that reality <laughs> All right. Well, this was a truly pointless exercise and <laughs> everyone in the comments I know is going to agree with me uh, Caleb how long are we gone Really, I was sure it was, it was like, like an hour hours. and 20 minutes at least. Um, well, when guy doesn't talk. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> Are you it's, okay? It's like the sound of one hand clapping over here. Yeah. Um, um, all right, so guy, when is the cruise? 
Um, is that, <laughs> are you just, you you're, you're, you're sitting here moping about I haven't given you permission to go on a cruise yet? <laughs> no, a cruise is a, a lot of money, Jonah. Um, <laughs> so if I'm going to mope, that's what it'll be about. I'm not paying for your cruise. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> we don't, and like, we already had one big piece on Kiss right, yeah. in the dispatch. I am not sure. Like, we, we, we the, the point of diminishing returns has kicked in yeah. already on Kiss content from the dispatch. <laughs> Oh, like, uh, we'll get a science correspondent first, right? Um, yeah. um, You're, uh, but the fact that you never became a music nerd uh -huh. surprises me, yeah. considering that you're a huge TV and movie nerd, read obsessively, and music just never entered into it. Yeah, in part because, like, so it's funny. I know a bunch of people who are really into conservative intellectual history, as you might imagine, right? I don't think this is true. <laughs> I may have met some of them, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> Although I don't think it's true of Continetti, but a bunch of them were really into comic books when they were young. And I think, you told, I think the very first time we talked, you yeah. gave me this theory. And I think that it's um, partly like, I like stories. I like origin stories, right? And yeah. um, there just aren't a lot of origin stories to music. It's like, yeah. it's, it's a different part of your brain. And my wife's super into music. That's why you'd like Kiss. <laughs> I like good origin stories. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> Boom. Um, and no, so for me, music has always been. I mean, I, I you know, I had, you know, I had phases where I was like, you know, really into certain bands for a while, that kind of thing. Yeah. But like, for the most part, music is. It's 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 the background soundtrack to me doing other things. Like and that's about feeding it. your dogs. Uh, yeah, although that was. That was my wife's guys referring to the fact that the treat videos now all have a different musical accompaniment and um which is a huge pain in the ass for me because like <laughs> I, I have to think say, like what song am I gonna play yeah, this morning and you I do have, it every day. Wow. And um um but that was that was Jessica's innovation. Oh, and then okay. the fan base liked it and I am nothing if not a servant to the Do you ever collect the, records? Anything like that? Um records? Um no, no, records. Um <laughs> Uh, I never made a giant <laughs> aluminum ball either. Um, uh, um, collect records now. I mean, I had records and all kinds of stuff. But no, again, like like Jess is, my wife is really into that stuff. She was really, she's almost encyclopedic about like Elvis Costello and that kind of thing. And I actually got her, you know, their birthday or anniversary a few years ago. It was shockingly affordable. I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it was like, it sounds like a much bigger deal than it is. I got her um, a framed, mounted uh, gold record for Elvis Costello. Oh, wow. Um, um, and uh, uh, for some, you know, selling 100,000 albums of yeah, some yeah, obscure yeah. album. But it's yeah. cool. You know? That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I never really collected them. Um, my dad was super into opera and classical music and that was the background mm. music of my entire childhood and um and i don't know if we've ever talked about it, but i was in the metropolitan opera as a kid the, you really? the supernumerary thing I, right i was a supernumerary which is basically Whoa. a fancy operatic word for extra <laughs> and uh meant i didn't sing didn't yeah. dance but i was in i don't know a half dozen different really? operas yeah it was really a fantastic thing to do as a kid wow. and um and not just because the the Schmundo was good. Um, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was really neat. And um, what did you do? Like you know, like low and grin. I stood in the background holding a candle. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and Peter Grimes I did something else. I was so jealous of my brother for years because he got to be in the hot air balloon in one opera Whoa. that was suspended over the stage. It was a fake Whoa. balloon, but like yeah. you know, but, <laughs> and. It was like on stage for like an hour up there and seeing all that, which was really cool. I wow. didn't get to do that. Um, but the cool thing about the the Met is you have to be there for all these rehearsals. Yeah. But you didn't do anything <laughs> except for like the five or ten minutes you were on collectively yeah. on the yeah. stage. And and like, do you remember that feeling of like when you were a little kid being able to explore, I don't know, like your school on a Saturday was closed or your Loved dad's it. office, that Loved kind of thing, just running Loved around that. exploring yep. things. Yep. Um, you know, the Tower of London for you, something like that. And um, uh, running around the Metropolitan Opera House in New York was wild. Cause like you go into rooms and they're like, like annexes for like the wardrobe department and it'd yeah. be like 
a hundred Viking spears and like various like, you know, Viking outfits and you could run around with swords and get into trouble. And the place is like four or five stories below ground okay. too. So there's like all this hidden weird stuff. Yeah. And um, it was just a, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, but like it broke my dad's heart. I, that's that's strong. He loved me. Uh, but uh, he was really disappointed. I never like he would hope by being exposed to the opera so much. Like yeah. I was in, I was in Pavarotti's first opera in the States and wow, uh, yeah. And uh, I don't think it was a, as big a deal for him that he was in Jonah Goldberg's first <laughs> opera in the States. But uh, um, I just never got the bug. Yeah. And he, he loved going to the opera um, yeah. and just like, huh. just nope. Yeah. So did you know, I watched an interesting video once. Because music, like sheets of music and the way it's built and designed, we will eventually run out of music. It's like it's a like finite every combination will be used yes, up. Every like note combination will eventually will eventually run out. We won't know because people copy people all the time and steal stuff all the time, but eventually it is like it is a finite thing, is music. Isn't that kind of weird to think about? It's weird to think about. I'm, I'm so, but like, assuming we add no new words to the English language, right? You <laughs> yeah. make a similar argument about, yeah, right, yeah. Um, you know, it's like the one of my favorite Simpsons moments was uh, Monty Burns has just this vast industrial floor full of monkeys banging on typewriters, right. and yeah. Yeah. Um, and he grabs one grabs a sheet of paper off of one of the typewriters and it says it was the best of times it was the blurst of times <laughs> and like this is garbage and throws it away you know and um and my friend nick schultz for years that was like his sort of uh like instant messenger handle was blurst of times um but uh um i'm still not sure i believe that um <laughs> as a young kid watching the video i thought that's crazy that's crazy yeah i'll have to find it i don't know it's been years since i watched it but speaking of finite versus infinite which is you know why people tune into this <laughs> podcast in the 50th minute um um on the dispatch podcast we talked about the the web telescope the homophobic telescope the homophobic telescope and um um Better to be a homophobic telescope than a sexist microscope. And um, um, you've always said that too. <laughs> I actually have that tattooed on my ass. And um, 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 and I, I so anyway, we were. Sarah asked me whether I was actually impressed with this stuff or not. Yeah, yeah. and I, I actually I'm super impressed by it. Yeah. I think it's awesome, but it freaks me out because yeah, um, like I recently in a G file. Remember, I, I had David look up the numbers or whatever. It was like how many galaxies there are in the universe. And I found some number that said there was like a hundred trillion or a hundred billion. Yeah. A very large number, yeah. right? I think we can all yeah. agree it's a large number. And in each galaxy, there are like a hundred million or a hundred billion stars, right? And yeah. so an X number of those stars, there are planets. And, and Do like, they have Runza in any of those galaxies? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. So like someone wrote into me and said, I got it off by like a factor of a... 10,000. Oh, really? Like, many more galaxies oh. and many more stars. And, and then you see this, 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 you know, this, uh, telescope that hate built and, <laughs> um, that image of galaxies is supposedly Ryan has left the building, so let's let let let's now. I thought I could do a whole podcast without peeing. Wow! Be honest about him. Hopefully, he doesn't silently walk out on aerial that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, apparently, apparently, when he because he got he doesn't remember, so we can fill in the blanks. When he asked, it's aerial, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe she was a mermaid from Lake Michigan. Uh, uh, when he asked her to marry him, apparently he said. I know I have a tiny bladder, but do you think you can live with me for the rest of your life? Would it not cause you too much inconvenience? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, eh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, um, I just, should I hold here? No, or? no, keep going. <laughs> uh, 
That's the point. Yeah, so we'll make we'll make Ryan edit this. So, um, I mean, you just the thing I I think Guy and I deserve the most credit for is that we've done this entire podcast so far without once commenting on the fact that Ryan is shirtless, um, <laughs> which is really weird, particularly given the the, the piercings. Um, so. Uh, should I continue with this galaxy thing? Or yeah, you, you may as well. So, so anyway, the thing, so the thing that freaks me out is like it's just too big, right? It's just like way, way too big, and, um, um, and you start to so like apparently the picture in the the that everyone saw of all these different galaxies, right, and the the gravitational bending of time stuff, which is really cool. Uh, the amount of sky that takes up is the equivalent of the amount of sky that is obscured if you hold a grain of sand arm's length from your eye. Holy cow. All those galaxies, right? <laughs> so, like, there are... I'll just be blunt. There are too many galaxies. It just, <laughs> there, there's no need for that many galaxies. And, and it, it, I don't know, it got me thinking, like... So, having this argument with my daughter about, you know, all of the... You ever see all, everything all at once? I didn't, but okay, I fantastic. know the concept, yeah. Yeah, and is the multiverse thing right yeah and i i have a real problem with the multiverse insofar as this theory that like every decision you make generates a different timeline which means it has to generate um from nothing ex nihilo uh the entire universe yeah right that's a lot of energy to expend right yeah. particularly when you're talking yeah. about doing it like you know, the time you got the 12 piece McNuggets right. versus right. the nine piece McNuggets yeah. and those yeah. two whole new universes yeah. Yeah, generate yeah, yeah, yeah. out of that. That you know? time yeah. you picked the Singapore cane to beat me with. Uh, the That's baseball right. bat. It's exactly the, the time you resisted for a minute and the time you didn't, you know, and, um, and then you get into this thing about how there might be a lot of universes. Right. And so yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's, it, just way too much mass and energy to be created with the multiverse thing. But then when you realize how big, the universe apparently actually is and that you can start seeing how, you know, there are these, you know, the ancient philosophers did this, some of this stuff, but like, you know, it's, it's one of these, you know, you know, take some edibles by the lava lamp kind of conversations about how, um, the entire universe may be, yeah, you yeah. know, an, uh, an atom in your right. thumbnail or whatever. <laughs> right. right. And then like, and then you start thinking about it and it's like, maybe when it's that big and there's there are, there are literally more galaxies than there are grains of sand on earth maybe like the you know the whole thing is like the quantum physics stuff you know yeah you know we don't have a unified field theory yet right so mm -hmm. you can't reconcile quantum physics with you know big big physics <laughs> um and maybe it's because Big physics is actually the quantum physics of something else. And I, that's the thing that keeps going through my head. And it m makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's, I, I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, but uh, huh. I cannot wait for the angry comments to this podcast. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, unless you guys have other punditry type things to talk about, um, can't wait for Ryan to hear what we said about him while he was... <laughs> In the bathroom. Um, yeah, sorry for peeing. Um, it's a, how, it's, how many times do you have to say that? It, it's it's a problem. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but I did. It's probably too much information, but what, if you're still listening, then you deserve this story. Um, no, it's like, it's a joke among my college friends how much I pee. It's like, I, so I got it checked out once at a doctor's office. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, by, <laughs> not by Ariel. Went by the photo mat. No, hey, no, can you take a look at this? Yeah. <laughs> Any advice? No. So I went in and uh, the guy literally, he was like, so do you drink a lot? Just liquid, like not mm -hmm. just alcohol. I was like, yeah, I, I guess so. I do drink a lot of water. He's like, okay. Um, There's your problem. That'll be $500. Literally, he literally was like, all right, went to his computer and WebMD like frequent urination and was like, yeah, this here says you should probably just drink a little less. And I was like, seriously? Like, can I get my copay back? I could have, I could have Googled this. He, they, they were, he was like, yeah, you're fine. Just drink less liquid. I was like, okay, I guess. I guess so. And I haven't done that, obviously. Yeah, I mean, my doctor gave me a similar spiel about how 
most dudes who complain about peeing a lot in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, it's because they drink too much before they go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I guess. I guess it's that easy. So, anyway, well, yeah. delightful. But the, the incredibly <laughs> searing, burning sensation you get is a different dish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's on the and with that, bonus enjoy episode. Your wedding. Of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you guys, did you see that Roy? It's official. It's announced. Oh, yeah. uh, Roy Teixeira is coming to AI. I, I didn't yeah. know that was public knowledge. Yeah, uh, yeah well, nice Politico had a big piece about it this morning. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, um, and. I like Rui Tashira. I'm really glad he's coming to AI. Mm -hmm. The the piece raised some had some strange framing that I'm not sure I buy into about about AI at the end. Um, right. but, I haven't read it yet. But. Yeah, um, but I do think you know, like the, the AI model of intellectual independence and academic freedom uh, when you compare it to like what's going on at Heritage these days, yeah, um, is just vastly superior yeah. and um still good people at heritage they seem to be resigning with greater frequency um but um you know the heritage has had for 25 years since i came to washington maybe forever their philosophy has always been um all oars have to pull in the same direction right we have one corporate position at heritage and um if you think differently on whatever our position is you're free to think that but you can't yeah. write about it or talk yeah. about it as a heritage person and i just don't, i don't think that's what's the fun in that i, I, just, I think that's a terrible way to run a think tank it's yeah. a really fun way to run you know a political activist shop but right it's not right the way to run a think tank and well what's the difference over here well yeah i mean it's 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 it's, it's moved that way more yeah. and more and yeah. I, I always feel guilty or bad about disparaging heritage too much because um there are always good people there and I mm -hmm. still I think I still have some friends there but maybe not after this podcast um <laughs> no one's listening but it's a huge uh it, it, it's a huge problem for those guys and um and apparently this new president guy just recently tripled down on it said we'll never give that up and hmm. um and I just think it's it's anyway I much prefer AI's approach yeah. to it so um yep. And um, it'll be fun to have Roy back on as a colleague because yeah. now he has to be nice to me. <laughs> um, Congrats to Roy. All right. Um, we're done here. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, next week, I'll do a solo one from my undisclosed location. And um, oh, yeah. Ryan, good luck editing this. <laughs> and uh, um, and we have a bunch of... Oh, as you just let people know, we have a, a couple super wonky podcasts next week that have already been recorded we want we wanted to go super wonky because um we didn't know where the news thing would be and we recorded them in advance um but you know in some ways if you take this podcast that we did today and you mix it in and then you take the average of the three podcasts uh it'll be just the right amount of wonkiness um this is sort of like the dilution of yeah. the super walking wonkiness next week so um with that Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you next time. No, you won't. This is a podcast, and don't forget to get those Naples tickets. I said, are we good? <laughs> I'm really not sure we are. <laughs> no, no. Mental Wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're recording, but we're not good. All right. Uh, I, I don't have to do a backup. I'm here. All right. Uh...